chew that umeboshi, baby. Chew it slowly. Don, quit your fancy ASMR dreaming and wake up. What? We're back. Who's back? Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends, of course. Oh, never heard of it. I have. Who, Who are, are you? you? I'm Victoria. I'm joining Okashina Podcast as the third chair. Nani? Would everyone stop screaming? Well, I'm glad you asked. Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends is a podcast in which two childhood besties, me, Sabrina, and you, Don, and you, Victoria, watch anime together and then discuss what we watched with restrained delight. That's three people. Mm, sounds boring. I'm going back to bed. You can't! You'll miss all the weird, wild, under-the-radar anime we cover. I never agreed to this. It's fun! Check us out on the Moonshot Podcast Network. Insert joke. Hi, everyone. I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. And this is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I fail to solve an ARG, and Martin tells me what I should have done instead. That's right. And uh, before we get started this week, we have to talk about parallel universes. (laughs) I'm excited to dig back into our coverage of the (laughs) Olympics ARG. Uh, Find the lost ring? Find the last ring? Find the lost ring, yeah. I'm so excited I forgot its name. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I am really curious where we're going from our uh, time-traveling athletes who came to the future to teach us the world's worst sport. Yeah, I, I I'm excited that we are once again covering like an absolutely batshit insane like corporate arc. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good to be back in that space. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. So so last time, I mean, just listen to the episode if you have it, because you're not going to understand any of this if you haven't listened to the first episode. Uh, <laughs> Last time, we learned that there are six people who woke up in, like, various parts of the world without their memories, Uh and they very slowly came to learn that they had been sent there from... They, like... They, like, time-traveled or, like, traveled through parallel universes to get there... And their purpose is to, like, become the new, like, Olympic game masters of this lost sport, labyrinth running, which is also a way to travel and communicate between parallel universes, which exist. Yes. (laughs) We've made interdimensional Red Rover into an uh Olympic sport. And in order to do this, they are having the players go out on these, like, dead drop missions literally all around the world to different locations being shown to them on a website to recover the pieces of a codex, the Lost Ring Codex, um, 
which was made by like the six people who came before these six, like many, many years ago. Yes. Yes. Um, the last thing that we covered last time was that, um, one of the main characters, Larissa, who does not have amnesia, but she like contacted our, our main girl, Ariadne, very early on saying like, Hey, I had this friend, Renata, who, also didn't have memories and then she like mysteriously disappeared and on april 5th 2008 uh, larissa got uh posted that she received a postcard of a picture um of renata in hollywood california with a message that said larissa renata didn't disappear she just didn't want you involved stay out of it theo um and we know from previously that Theo is uh, also the person who broke into Ariadne's room and stole uh, some of the codex from her or stole like the artifact that was found in Cardiff from her. Right. Um, But we don't yet know exactly who that is. Okay. So yeah, we know that Renata's alive. Yeah. But doing sneaky things instead of, I I think, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, I think she woke up and was like, Labyrinth is stupid. I'm going to go learn how to play handball or something (laughs) equally dumb. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't blame her. (laughs) On April 6th, uh, Marcus, one of the amnesiacs who has mostly... Most of the other, like, main characters have just been, like, translating different, uh, like, ver- uh, the chapters of the Codex into their, like, native languages. Um, but Marcus also posted, um, that he went to the city hall in Cardiff where the first artifact was found. Uh, and he followed Ariadne's movements and went into the room where she found the artifact and found an old painting. Um, and the painting is Hercules and Omphel. Um, and he connected Omphel to Omphalos, which is like the name of the game masters, and said, I'm sure this is no coincidence. It's simply too similar to be, but what could it mean? I know how the artifact in Sydney was found in the vicinity of Olympic torches. Could it be that at any location where an artifact was found, there's also a second one? Could it be that a second story was hidden before our eyes this whole time? Did the keepers of the lost ring find a second way to tell the story? If so, we must go back to the other artifact locations and see if there was anything that we've missed. Okay. So... It it seems to be that uh, all of the locations have, like, something relevant to, like, the Olympics or Greek mythology. Sure. Um, and just no one noticed, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but of course. Yeah, but of course. Um, one of the group so the one of the other things that happened last time was that uh the players were sorted into six yeah six groups um and each of those groups is getting like different missions within the arg um and we talked last time about how how cool this is as a system because it kind of like separates them out into like 
oh, here are the players that, like, like interacting with NPCs and, like, they get missions that are just, like, talk to this character about whatever. And, like, these are the players that, like, solving puzzles. Um, so there was a new mission for the people who like talking to NPCs, which, uh, was get Eli Hunt to email you back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, because no one had heard from him in a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's one way to get your character back into an ARG. Is just like, hey, remember <laughs> this guy? Your mission is to remember this guy. <laughs> uh, and on the same day that they uh, they received the mission to email him, uh, he uploaded a podcast on his, his podcast site. Uh, the Lost Theory of Pangea. Which... Um, is relevant, we know, to the ARG because we learned last time that uh, some of the parallel universes are, like, the continents either divided in a different way or they're still Pangea, I think. Um, Right. And so, like, it makes dimensional travel hard because, like, coordinates aren't always in the same place. Right, because they rely on like space and time or something along those lines. Yeah. Where things are split based on different things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, and Eli Hunt in his podcast talks about how um, there are like these artifacts that that like document at least two different uh, times in history uh in which people like received the vision of like a supercontinent um like over 2000 years ago and like documented the fact that they like had this prophetic vision of pangea okay and <laughs> also talks about um like the, the like technological advancements in like ancient Greece um, and how they could like predict celestial events and like maybe they predicted that um, like a, a sudden and violent return to the state of Pangea. <laughs> Say that again. What? He he's putting forward the theory that like. This oracle in ancient Greece predicted that the continents would return to Pangea, and is also like, I think that science backs this up. <laughs> I have bad news for you about the ideas of science and why it's no longer. It's it's so do they, they think that the Earth. Well, actually, I guess there's two theories. One is that Pangea split up once, so either it'll come back together or. It'll just keep going, and the world is a globe, uh, so they'll just re-hit each other at some point. <laughs> sure, that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. Um, on the on April eighth, uh, there was a meetup in San Francisco where three players met up with Noriko, who is also one of the Amnesiacs, um, and they met her in like a public park in San Francisco um and 
she had like a pair of goggles uh that they recognized as like being identical to the goggles that Ariadne had like taken a picture of and been like, hey, this is what I woke up in. Um, but they had messages scratched into them that said, stay blind and Neopangea is near. Okay. <laughs> um, and she said that she had come to San Francisco to run a training labyrinth that uh, the... Or she she came to California to, like, run a training labyrinth, um, and she asked the players, like, what was going on with, like, the, the parallel worlds and the different postcards that people had been getting, um, and the players explained that they were in San Francisco looking for Theo because he had mailed the postcard of Renata from San Francisco, um... And Noriko said that the, like, goggles that had messages scratched into them and a postcard that she had gotten also came from San Francisco. Um, and the postcard that she brought to them uh, said in Japanese, I have confirmed what we feared the most. We were too late for intercalated games. Now California started moving towards the north, the direction of Neopangea. We have traveled this far to perform trainings in a place with frequent earthquakes. We must stop the world from collapsing or we will never be able to return home. (laughs) Born too late to explore Pangea 1, born too early to explore Pangea (laughs) 2. Born just in time to reinvent the labyrinth. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now we've introduced the complication of um, Neopangea, I guess. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> sure, yeah. Sure. This is something that I am not a huge fan of with uh, big ARGs like the Beast. Um and this one now where it's just like, we're just swinging and throwing everything at the wall. Yeah. I'm not even sure that we're even checking what sticks. We're just throw, we're throwing pasta to throw pasta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think that like, I, I feel that the beast was kind of a weird situation because um, I was, uh, I was talking to Michael Anderson recently and he said that like, the thing about the beast is that, all of the content that they had originally prepared for the ARG that they thought would take the players like weeks to find, they found in three days. Uh huh. <laughs> so I feel like some of the beast was like laying down the train tracks in front of the oncoming train. <laughs> 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 but I, I do agree with you that, like, in terms of like the large corporate sponsored arcs i i do like when they kind of go a little bit smaller with the plot instead of like throwing like fate of the world spaghetti at the wall (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah yeah so april uh april 9th the artifact from singapore was retrieved and gave them chapter 18 of the codex uh which was the oath (laughs) and the the oath is uh 
All of the parallel worlds are equally real, but one is the original world, the world from which history was born, the world from which is the source of all assembled knowledge. The original world is the true unique Omphaloi, the navel of reality itself. There the Oracle of Delphi first acquired vision. There the Oracle of Delphi brought up about the fact who saw brought about the first who saw the many the first who saw the six the first who witnessed the bloodshed we will protect the one true omphalo against the change by means of the glory of our sport and the honor of our teams we convene in the spirit of unity we rescued the one to save the many as one circle of athletes we celebrate the world for the celebration of all worlds okay <laughs> so yeah so there you go. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, they. Uh, I wish. I wish. I wish this ARG was grabbing me stronger. Yeah. Uh, they. They had also gotten chapter thirteen, which I don't know if we talked about last time, but it was called the danger of Neopangea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think that we did or if, if we did I just thought like oh this is fine this yeah, won't matter. Know. Um and it it had like it, it was about like a theory of rapid continental change. I feel like we did talk about this uh where like reality is constantly reorganizing the arrangement of the continents into like the six normal formations as quickly as possible in order to like stop any like huge geographical differences among the parallel universes okay they're just like we got to maintain like an earth shape yeah so if if a volcano erupts in one timeline like that's a problem yes but as like reality approaches the maximum allowed number of parallel universes um there's like there's been more rapid continental change and the default direction of change is towards neopangea okay so just towards squishing all the continents back together (laughs) sure oh boy um on April 12th, uh, the Toronto artifact was retrieved, uh, and that gave chapter 15 of the codex. They, they're kind of no longer finding the chapters in order because it's really a matter of like who is available to pick up the artifact when and like who they can convince to pick it up. Okay. Um, and chapter 15 is the prophecy. <laughs> Uh, and the prophecy is about the continents crashing together. <laughs> Great. Uh, the prophecy is, in the future, the world comes together, except that today, the world comes together. Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, and it talks about how, like, the Olympic symbol with the rings uh, is, like, the secret way in which people talked about the danger of Neopangea on, like, a specific <laughs> world. Okay. Um, as soon as it, it, yeah, it talks about how, like, you have to look at a map and, like, circle each continent and, like, draw apart the circles so that they form the Olympic symbol. Say that one more time? I'm sorry. It, it talks I don't completely understand this, but it talks about how you have to, like, look at a map of, like, 
what Neopangea is, like, supposed to look like, and then circle each individual continent, and then, like, space apart the circles so that they form the Olympic symbol? (laughs) Okay, and then, like, lay landmasses on top of each other? I guess? Okay. Um, and then- This feels weirdly- illuminati e or like it kind of does right one world ordery for a company to have ordered this about themselves you know what i mean i know like i feel like if i were coca-cola and i was like hey please make an arg for us and the arg that we made kind of vaguely implied that we were a shadowy cabal (laughs) whose symbols like if they're like, great, you can unite the world through the arches in a way that means that you have control. Like, I'd be a little pissed <laughs> if this is what people turned in as their, as their McDonald's homework. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a little bit. I I wonder how much sign off the like actual Olympics had on this. <laughs> <laughs> um. The New York City artifact was also found on the same day, which gave them chapter 17 of the Codex, uh, which talks about the Multiverse Olympiad, uh, which is a Olympic Games held between, like, different universes, and there's a multi-world athletic committee. Why don't they call it the Multiverse Olympics? (laughs) Why? There's a word for this. Like, Olympiad, I know, is also, like, a word, but, like, it feels weird that they would use the other version of, I don't know. Again, if, if McDonald's was like, great, this is our alter- this is our burger, the Large Mac, and you're just like, well, hold on. <laughs> um, and it, it talks about how, uh, like, our world was not part of the Multiverse Olympics when, like, the original group of travelers arrived here, um, but... The travelers were, like, optimistic that the modern Olympic Games in our world could still be used by the other worlds for synchronization, even if no one in our world is, like, aware that that's what they're being used for, or, like, the significance of it. Okay. Uh, On April 13th, uh, it was revealed by Ariadne that whoever had picked up the Hong Kong artifact destroyed it. Uh, okay. I okay, that's game jacking. I love it. Yeah. Uh she said, "What? The Hong Kong artifact was destroyed by the person who received it. Are they working with Theo? This whole situation is very confusing." is very confusing it's not clear how destroyed the artifact is or what happened to it and how there is some hope apparently someone captured a very blurry image of part of the recovery code before the artifact was destroyed maybe there was a team of people making the recovery and one of them went rogue (laughs) (laughs) all right um and from the very blurry image uh, some of the players were able to actually figure out what the code was, I guess just through trial and error. Um, and that gave them access to chapter 16 of the codex, um, which talks about how it's possible to 
perfectly move your body like an Olympic athlete and align with your parallel self. This is everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. I mean, literally, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they call it athletic enlightenment. Uh, athletic alignment, sorry. Um, and it talks about how if you perfectly move your body in sync with uh, your parallel selves, it will, it can reunite split worlds and also bring the memories, thoughts, and ideas from your parallel universe self into yourself. Yeah, um, this is literally the plot of <laughs> yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> Except instead believe- of Olympic athletes, it's just like alternate timelines where people uh-huh. have hot dogs for hands. Yeah. Um, and they talk about uh, this as a way to both expand personal experience and reduce the number of parallel worlds by kind of like collapsing them in on each other. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also on the 14th, uh, Eli Hunt began to answer emails from people. Uh, he answered an email asking about why he had gone AWOL, saying, AWOL is safer. They must not see me coming. Theo won't win again. Um, okay. And he answered a couple other emails saying, uh, I am not looking for our allies. I am looking for our antagonists. I fear that there are counter Agonathetae working as actively as we are to prevent synchronization of the multiverse. But why and how? Who are they and where do they come from? How long have they been working on their counter mission? As strange as this may sound, I believe that to defeat them, we may need to work with them. Hmm. Um, and he asked one of the players, uh, if you were skeptical of the Allies' missions to synchronize the multiverse, how would you attack it? What hard questions would, would you ask? What assumptions could be faulted in our desire to find the Lost Ring and restore the multiverse Olympiad? Um, and a lot of his other emails talked about how he... Uh, he, in order to help with the player's mission, he needed to understand Theo's, um, and he needed players to join him to get close to Theo in order to figure out how to stop, like, the counter-movement. Uh, okay. So, he's he's going under deep cover, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the deepest cover. Deepest cover. <laughs> Um, and the players pass this on to Ariadne, who made a blog entry that said, uh, it's good that Eli is at least communicating with some of us again. Yes, he's being frustratingly vague as usual, but I think we've learned a lot already just from these emails. He's still ignoring all the emails from me and from all of the other Labyrinth travelers, but he seems to be comfortable talking to some of our Agonothetae from this world. In other words, you guys. What do you think is the best game plan now for continuing to get information from Eli? Is he onto something and should we be trying to help? Hmm. I do like when an ARG lets you defect jo- to join the villains. Yeah, I do. I do too. It's very cool. It is. I... I- I have a, a soft spot for when the the game masters plan for that. <laughs> I think it's cool when when that gets planned for. Uh, yeah. Personally, I'm a little bit more like I'd rather you just have one plan and plot that makes sense and execute on it well than try and do a bunch of spider webbing stuff. Yes. But it is very cool when it happens. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, on April 14th, uh, Ariadne put up a blog entry, uh, introducing the world activity monitor, uh, that her friend Kai had made. Uh, and it was a page on Find the Lost Ring that was a, uh, just like a Google Maps page, but it had all of the information that was coming in from around the world. So, it, you could like hover over a city where one of the artifacts was found and it would show you like, here's the chapter that was found. Here's when it was found. And like, here's the PDF if you want to go look at it. Um, and it would also show you like, here's where the NPCs are. Like, here's where their YouTube videos were filmed. Like, here's upcoming events in specific parts of the world that you should know about. Um, it's very cool. I like that they had this for their, like, very, like, expansive ARG that was happening in, like, every continent at once. Like, this makes sense to me. That's really cool. It is. Um, and it was basically just, like, I guess the, the GMs were collecting everything from, like, different sites that was tagged Lost Ring and putting it on, on this map. Okay. Yeah, I like that kind of reference document as you're playing through an ARG. Yeah, and I, I, I like that the, the GMs kind of made it for them so that they didn't have to do it. Yeah, you're not tracking through eight different Google Docs. Google Docs. Yeah, and so they could like actually hover over the map and see like which artifacts had been picked up and which ones had it. Um, <laughs> which one was destroyed. Yeah. Uh, there was a new trailer for, uh, Find the Lost Ring that had a hidden command for the, uh, the website that showed the, um, the artifact locations. Uh, the hidden command was make omf not. Uh, and if you entered it into the computer, uh, it would start like a graphic where a bunch of dots on the globe started like glowing um and like all lit up and then you would get a message that said i'm not creation completed but it wasn't clear what it did (laughs) (laughs) i love (laughs) i do love when an arg gives you like a password to put in and it's not immediately clear what it does <laughs> like well i guess that did something that i'll find out about later uh-huh <laughs> uh the berlin artifact was also retrieved on april 15th uh which gave chapter 20 of the codex uh, talking about the sacred stones called the Amphaloi, uh, that Eli Hunt had talked about in one of his podcasts, um, and how in the modern age people thought that they were tools, uh, for communicating with gods, but they were actually used for the communication between the different worlds. Um, and it also talked about how uh, Delphi was built on two faults and had some of the most important omphaloi because the Oracle of Delphi uh, had visions of the many worlds. And uh, that was what led the ancient Greeks to set up the ancient Olympic Games. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, okay, sure. <laughs> 
Um, on April 16th, uh, the Paris artifact was found, which gave chapter 19 of the Codex, uh, which talked about a ritual that you can use to synchronize your parallel selves uh, called the Personal Labyrinth. Hmm. Okay. Um, and it talks about how you can walk a like you can if you can find a non-human labyrinth like a stone labyrinth or like a hedge maze um and you register yourself in the labyrinth register which uh the players (laughs) didn't know was a thing (laughs) okay Uh, uh you have to identify your world creating moment a life-changing personal decision which you made during the last four years um Draw a diagram, including that decision and possible decisions you've taken here and in parallel worlds. Uh, carry that diagram with you as you walk from the outside in and then outward and then back into... Wait, this doesn't make sense. Walk from the outside yeah, in... Yeah, none and- of this makes sense. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> walk from the outside in and then outwards again? I guess they mean walk in... Oh, okay, yeah, they mean walk into the labyrinth and then back out. Uh, and if you have visions, write them down. Sure. This, this actually, this part actually does kind of make sense to me. Like, it's just taking the, the large group activity of the labyrinth running and making it into a meditative activity, which is what labyrinths mm-hmm. are supposed to be for anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a narrative game. Life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've turned the and- labyrinth into a journaling game. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, it talks about how a lot of people in the different worlds walk their personal labyrinth, uh, in the weeks leading up to the multiversal Olympics because it helps prepare the, the many worlds for a larger synchronization. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Ariadne wrote a blog entry, uh, on April 17th um, and said, I tried a personal labyrinth today. I wanted to see if I could synchronize the multiverse Ariadne's. I was sent here on a mission find the lost ring. It's been two months and I haven't found the ring yet. At least I don't think I have. Maybe in a parallel world we've already found the lost ring. Maybe in a different version of reality we've already achieved a big part of our mission. Who knows how our missions played out in the rest of the multiverse? I know this probably sounds pointless. Why well, ask so many questions about what might have happened? But there's a very good reason I'm obsessing over parallel realities. In Chapter 16 of the Lost Ring Codex, we learned about the theory of athletic synchronization. We learned that memories of our own lives in an alternate reality can be recovered. We can use labyrinth training to synchronize with parallel versions of ourselves. So that's exactly what I did today. I went to the labyrinth at Cardiff Castle today to see if I could remember finding the Lost Ring in a different version of reality. After tracing the path of the labyrinth exactly 27 times, I had a vision, a very strange vision. Eli and I were working together in a study. We'd been up all night poring over the Lost Ring Codex, reading your theories on emails and the forums. We were on the computer testing every possible command. The vision was short, too short. It ended with me remembering a new code, make omph not. You know, make an omphalus not that you would make the 
to tie the two strings together. The command works. Try it. It does some crazy stuff. I don't know what the crazy means yet. You have to run the <laughs> command yourself and l- let me know what you think. In the meantime, we have to try and figure out what it's showing us and how can we do that in the real world. I have a feeling my parallel self hasn't figured that part out yet. When we figure it out, maybe other Ariadne can walk a labyrinth and remember what we already know in this world. <laughs> I like that they felt that they had to tackle the question of, well, if parallel universes exist, why can't we just communicate with a parallel universe where they already solved this arc? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Council of Ricks are preventing us from uh, communicating. <laughs> like, I, I feel like it's truly a question no one would have asked if they didn't bring it up. It's, yeah, it's one of those, like, it's like the inherent questions of time travel or multiverse travel. That like, if you ask, you're just a spoil sport. Uh-huh. You know, like... <laughs> Oh, well, if we already had time travel, wouldn't we already know time travelers exist? Shut up, Ted. Like, come on. I would just once love to make an ARG with, like, time travel or, like, multiverse communication where there is a timeline where they've already solved the arc. (laughs) (laughs) Just a a timeline that is... <laughs> One of the characters in the ARG is from that timeline, and all they do is send back like taunts instead of hints. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where they're like, Perfect. fuck you, no, I'm not gonna help you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all haven't figured this one out yet? <laughs> Fucking morons. <laughs> timeline A126 is a bunch of idiots. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like the least helpful NPC alive. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god um on the 18th um a bunch of the uh the amnesiacs posted blog entries as they've been doing this whole time um uh, marcus updated everyone and said uh that he was in dubai on the 20th uh, Larissa posted a blog entry speculating that uh, Theo's true identity was Kai because Kai lives in San Francisco, uh, where all of the mystery packages were sent from, um, and that uh, that uh, Larissa has been looking into it and like a lot of the threads have kind of like been leading back to Kai and he's like been working with them for kind of just like out of the goodness of his heart and like randomly stumbled across Ariadne and is like giving them all this technology to communicate with the players. (laughs) Um, And she also thinks that uh, whoever it is has been like, trying to ha- has like a way to know where the uh the travelers from the parallel realities will appear every four years um just by like sending a bunch of people to various labyrinths around the world and like waiting for someone to show up because uh they always show up around the same date every four years 
Um, and Larissa says, I think that's what happened with Renata. I think there was someone waiting for her to show up there, but I found her first. And that person must have followed us. I think that's why they know my address, because that person in the three months Renata was with me established contact with her. Sometimes they threatened her, threatened me, and that's why she wanted me to give her some distance and never told me anything. In the end, she was very mysterious, maybe because of that. The trip was a way to vanish, to get lost. Hmm. Mm. Mysterious. Mysterious indeed. Um, on April 21st, Ariadne posted a blog entry with a new visualizer from Kai called the Pan Cosmolog- the Pan Cosmologizer, I think is what it is. Uh, and it's used to plot parallel geographies described in the Lost Ring Codex. Um, and it has six visual layers, and each one represents a different configuration of the continents in a different kind of world. Um, and the, what the players had to do was figure out how, uh, like, the actual configurations of the continents in each of those worlds by, like, using the alignment points of the coordinates that they had been given on the post on some of the postcards that they'd gotten um and once they entered enough of those like they would be able to kind of make an educated guess at how everything lined up okay um and so it was a an app for an Adobe program that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which one? Uh, Adobe Air. Oh, that sounds familiar. I don't remember exactly what it did, though. Uh, Air is a cross-platform runtime system that allows Adobe Animate content and action script coders to construct applications and video games that run as a standalone executable. Huh. Okay. Damn, so someone was, like, literally coding, like, executables for this. That's wild. Yeah, that's sick. That's kind of crazy. I, <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> April 22nd, uh, the London artifact was retrieved, uh, which gave Chapter 22 of the Codex, uh, Design of the Omphalos, uh, which talked about the Omphaloi... Uh, the domes-shaped stone statues that were made to appear that they were, uh, they were like carved to appear that they were covered in nets. Uh, it talked about how the original one fell out of the sky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so uh, aliens it, are here now. Yeah. Uh, it also talked about uh, instructions for making one uh, and how to carve them, which is fun. Okay. Also, on the 22nd, uh, one of the players tried to establish a first contact with Theo by leaving a note at the pickup location in London. 
Okay. Uh, and the note said, Theo, you have our attention and the Agonothetae have our mistrust. They were told to find space for their labyrinths. They were told to hide them in plain sight. We too have found space and we too have hidden it in plain sight. Look to the source and study it as one in London might study the works of Shakespeare to determine their authorship. We will contact you soon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and this, this, uh, this mystery group uh, the undercover players uh, refer to themselves as La Secto. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> and their note was supposed to be a hint to look at the source code of a post that one of them had made in uh, the Find the Lost Ring forum uh, and to use bacon code to decode a hidden message in the spaces and double spaces. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and the hidden message said, Hello, Theo. The six are stumbling in the dark, but in you we see a light. Email sectano at gmail.com. Help us to see and find yourself with new allies. Hmm. Hmm. I like... I like the funny prank of doing a code back at the GMs. <laughs> <laughs> that was something that we did in uh, in Pepsi Navy Exposed. We had a character that only communicated in text messages and only communicated in a keyed cipher. Yeah. And that became an issue because I was like, shit, I have to like decode and encode rot 23 with a key on my phone anytime i want to send a hint or receive or send a message (laughs) shit yeah i remember that got uh really frustrating for us (laughs) (laughs) there's a reason not to do it yeah it is it is kind of fun when uh when the players twist it around on you uh and and do a little code, but yeah, it can be frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the 23rd, uh, chapter 21 of the codex was found, uh, via the Melbourne artifact. Uh, and this is a chapter called visions. Uh, and it was talking about the visions that the ancient Oracle saw, during the first days of multiversal communication uh, and how the ancient Olympics were created in order to celebrate these visions and these, these different worlds. Um, but not all of the visions were good. <laughs> uh, in 500 BC and in 1815 AD, the worlds ended First the oracles and then the scientists watched with their omphaloi. They watched the end of other worlds. Great fires burnt, the earth shook, seas left out of their waves, everything collapsed and was then pulled again into totally new shapes. Pangea, the form from which all differences came, returned, but this time in a new form, Neo-Pangea. The oracles and the scientists watched these things, the changes revealed before their own eyes. And after these great And after the great destruction, a strange mix of survivors roamed a single continent surrounded by a single sea. They wandered seemingly for ages until so few survivors remained that mostly differences collapsed again. And Neo-Pangea was a single world once again. Hmm. Okay, so everything's going to work out. Perfect. Yeah, everything's going to be fine. 
Uh, on April 24th, there were a couple of blog updates. Uh, Mei Hui uh, updated everyone and said that she had made a new friend called Thermantia, uh, who had encouraged her to travel to New York. Um, and on April 24th, she uh, made her first English post on her blog uh, describing Thermantia as a very patient and kind girl. Um, and people found that uh, Thermantia was uh, the mother of Theodosius I, who was the Roman emperor who canceled the Olympic Games in the year 393. And because of this connection... <laughs> They speculated that uh, Mayhui's friend Thermantia may have been or been working with Theo. Okay, I love this kind of like historical tie-in to connect a character that could potentially make them villainous. I like that idea. Yeah, it's fun. Where it's like, uh oh, how sinister! They're related to the person that canceled the Olympics. <laughs> uh. Ariadne also posted a couple of blog updates on the 24th. Uh, one of them was a vlog about uh, how players had been practicing the lost sport of labyrinth running and uh, like what the current world records were <laughs> that people had been setting. Okay. Uh, the fastest men's labyrinth was 23 seconds for a three circuit one and then the fastest men's seventh circuit labyrinth was two minutes and 30 seconds i think that i've been looking at labyrinth wrong for a little bit uh-huh um i think that i'm still correct in that it's dumb but is i've i've been seeing labyrinth as competitive in that you have one runner and then two people or like a group of people on the side to form the labyrinth and they are competing to keep the person locked inside the labyrinth. I'm starting to think that it might be more like curling. Yes. Where you have one person, except if, if the stone was the runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you have a team of labyrinth people, including the runner and your job on the outside is to, guide them through yourselves with their blindfold on. Yes, correct. But does so does that mean that you're all like playing on a giant tarp that lays out the labyrinth? Uh-huh. That the players are supposed to form? Yeah, I think in in like one of the instructions it says like you set like a string along the ground that like follows the pattern. Okay. This still feels a little that guy should just know how the labyrinth works. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel like there's a bit of a disconnect there, but okay. I think I'm understanding labyrinth a little better now. Yes, by picturing it as curling and not as competitive dude humming. Yeah, like the the competitive aspect is just how fast can you run it? Okay, it is it is a competitive racing sport, not a competitive uh, a team versus team sport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's still not, I'm still not watching it. I, it <laughs> I'm, it's still kind of like bobsled to me. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm, but it, it does make more sense now. Yeah. It's a bobsled if you also, if your team was also the walls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Uh, Ariadne's other blog post was uh, talking about the new codex chapters that have been found and saying, like, hey, the the run graph on the the Amphiputer site looks dangerously close to the elastic limit of the multiverse. So let's set a date for May 10th and 11th and see how many of us we could synchronize to, like, run labyrinths at the same time. Okay, cool. Um, and also talking about, like, the... Uh, the catastrophes that happened on, on various worlds, um, and how, like, uh, the ancient Olympiad guarded our world, uh, and, but, like, few knew its, its true intent. Um, and then the Roman Empire repressed the ancient Olympics, and the multiverse suffered, because new worlds were constantly being created without being synchronized because of the Olympics. Uh, and mm. then in 1815, uh, all but a few thousand worlds were destroyed and the surviving worlds were mostly severely damaged, um, which was the new catastrophe. Um, and now we have to prevent another catastrophe from happening. <laughs> now that labyrinth running has been rediscovered huh okay yeah i like see i don't know enough about history to know if the romans actually like pushed back on the idea of there being olympics but i do like using the olympics as a jumping point for an arg to pull in historical events that happened because like there's a bunch of cool things you could draw in with the labyrinth it with, is fun with, yeah with the olympics yeah I like it. I like I like that they're making an attempt to teach the history of the Olympics. Like yeah. <laughs> there is certainly an attempt being made. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um there was also another uh chapter of the codex found on April twenty fifth in Okiyama. Uh, which gave them chapter 23 of the Codex, which was about multiversal travel, um, which said, uh, it should be impossible to go to sleep with one version of with one version of reality and wake up inside another. It should be impossible, but it isn't. As you probably gather from your own current difficulties, it may be to wake up in a strange world and to know nobody, to have almost nothing, and to recall nothing since you never existed formerly here in this world. We six authors of the Codex awoke in this world in exactly that condition, and we imagine it is the same for you. <laughs> Uh, and it goes on to talk about how uh, multiversal travel is extremely rare and requires coordinated effort on a planetary scale, uh, and that after years of momentary coordination, uh, the six who wrote the Codex had mostly recovered their memories and their sense of how the multiverse operates. Um, but travel between worlds was the most difficult knowledge for them to recover. Um and it took them decades of failure to uh, recreate the specific and very difficult conditions for which multiversal travel was possible. Hmm. Um, and the conditions were human travel through the doors makes necessary ex 
an extraordinary size of coordination and synchronization, much beyond that which ordinary personal or athletic coordination could sustain. We believe that because of that, multiversal travel can only occur during the year of the Olympics, the time of the large multiversal coordination. Therefore, be aware that you only have one chance to go home every four years. You should fully take advantage of the chance when it comes. You don't have another for a very long time. You should also take note that Neither ordinary omphalos and ordinary labyrinths are able to support what is necessary for multiversal travel. Oh, I understand now why the the amnesiac people only appear every four years. It's because of the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mar. There's I, a lot about this that I didn't get, but I got that one. I, I, okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man (laughs) i love it (laughs) um and it also talks about in uh in order to pass through great distances of the multiverse you have to create an omphalos on the scale of the multiverse itself uh and for the knots of the omphalos you have to create uh at least 27 labyrinths of the same scale as the passage. Uh, and passing through the labyrinth circuit will allow multiversal communication as well as multiversal passage. So basically, you are making the earth into a giant omphalos, and like the earth is the rock and the 27 knots covering it uh, in a net are 27 labyrinths. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on April 29th, uh, Ariadne posted a blog entry that said, I have an idea. Do you remember the old map of Philadelphia that Monica found among her uncle's old things? The one that had a giant labyrinth designed on top of the city center. Here's my idea. I think that map was part of the original Six's attempt to build an omphalos out of the Earth, just like Chapter 23 of the Codex tells them to do. Check it out. The map is labeled Node 16, as in 16 out of 27. Were the original Six working their way around the world, hiding the 27 artifacts, and building 27 giant labyrinths in order to transform the Earth into an omphalos? Okay. Uh, And she goes on to say, I don't know if we're going to find 26 other maps like the Philadelphia one. I think we need to be prepared to design our own. But in which cities? Does it matter where the 27 knots are? Maybe the breast artifact will tell us more, or maybe the amphipeter will guide us where we- when we've shown that we're ready to make the omph knot. Okay. And then on May 3rd, the breast artifact was indeed retrieved, giving chapter 24 of the Codex. <laughs> Uh, which was navigating with flares. Okay. Uh, which talked about how uh, it. So it talked about a special technique uh, to navigate exactly where in the world you wanted uh, for multiversal travel. Um, and flares were just uh, the point with the highest human synchronization activity. Uh, in in that universe, which is where the the person traveling between universes is automatically transported to. Um, okay. 
and it talks about how uh like coordination of geography building and other differences is much less important than synchronization of living movement okay yeah and so a flare is a common event that synchronizes as many human bodies as possible the more complicated the movement the stronger the coordination on May 4th, uh, Thermantia responded to some emails that people had sent her, uh, pointing to the website History of Antiquity, uh, which was a Google page. <laughs> God, I forgot uh, about Google pages. Yeah. Uh, and it had a page called Study History, uh, which is about studying Greek history, and uh, different Olympic sports like chariot racing and discus. Um, but players found that hidden inside that page was the same bacon code that they had used on the forum with the single and double spaces. Uh, and it decoded to, You are right to distrust the six. They must not complete their task. Contact us at membersoftheo at gmail. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, and so some of the uh, the players who had split off into uh, La Secta uh, to try and join Theo uh, were given were given their little defective mission. Cool. Yeah, that's so fun. I I think that it's charming that. Uh, the GMs responded in the same code. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, Ariadne put up a blog entry on the same day, May 4th, uh, talking about how uh, the codex entries about uh, navigating by flare and making flare through uh, coordination uh, has a specific passage that says, um, our aim is to profit the custom of dancing in the labyrinth of dancing the labyrinthine dance as if upon the large floor of Ariadne herself. Uh, and Ariadne said, have we just discovered a fourth lost tradition, Ariadne's dance? I'm honored to have a dance named after me, but I have no idea how to do it myself. Does anyone know this dance? The codex authors say they taught many people of this world how to do it before they left. If they left, I suppose we're not entirely sure that they made it home safely. So some, so somewhere there must be a record of it. Can anyone dig up proper instructions or find evidence that it exists in this world? Hmm. So half of, so a third of the like different puzzle groups got a mission to find out if Ariadne's dance really exists. Uh, a third got the mission to continue corresponding with Theo. Uh, and a third got the mission to plan and test a synchronizing labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. I like that they're letting some of the groups work together. That's fun. Yeah, it's really neat. I like, with the split, it's really cool to see them, like, actively bring stuff back together. Uh-huh. Uh, Marcus on May 5th tweeted, Help! <laughs> And then on May 6th, uh, posted a blog entry, uh, that had, uh, a wall of very weird text, uh, 
with the title Friends of Marcus Join Us uh, and the wall of, of text that said uh, these are the riches of Solomon's house uh, and then had a bunch of like quasi biblical text underneath of it It, regardless uh, there was a hidden message in it that said join us and join Marcus we are the uninitiated we welcome Neopangea help us desynchronize we sacrifice on August write members of the O at gmail uh, with the same baking code and it also included oh so the, the quasi biblical stuff was a uh, text from uh Bacon's work, The New Atlantis. So that was supposed to point to the Bacon Code, I see. Uh, and okay. there's also an image that was a map of Germany uh, that had messages written on it that said, Marcus is on our side now. Friends of Marcus, join us. Long live Theo. Together we re- we welcome our fate as the New Atlantis. Marcus finally reveals his true self by joining Theo. He tro- he shows true Thumos. To remain lost is the most courageous act. Hmm. 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 I do want to say, every time that you start to say Neopangea, I think you're about to say Neopets. <laughs> it's like a little tiny jump scare that happens to me every time you mention one of the three plot elements of this arg. Yeah. So it's interesting that Theo is an organization and not a person. Yeah. I think it's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a and, lot to say about that, but it is an interesting little twist. And also Marcus seems to be kidnapped. <laughs> well, it's an ARG. Yeah. You know. I, when we do an ARG, I think that we need to have a an ARG or a, an NPC just tweet, help. And then uh, like two days later, just like false alarm and actually mean it. <laughs> Yeah. It's like I got my hand stuck in a Pringles can. Yeah, like, never mind. It's fine. I just, uh, I was having trouble Googling something. (laughs) (laughs) I do really like, uh, together we welcome our fate as the next Atlantis. (laughs) And to remain lost is the most courageous act. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, on May 8th, uh, Noriko, uh, emailed one of the players about a email, uh, from one of Kai's friends, uh, to a different player and said, uh, hey, like, this player wrote to James to try helping Marcus and the reply is odd before I make any judgment. I want to know what you all think. Uh, and James, this other NPC, said, Don't worry about Marcus. He's seen the logic of staying blind. We all have our dual paths to take, and he has joined us on the way to desynchronization. Kai was taken in too quickly with Ariadne and her absurd story. He will see the logic of this choice, too, and will soon shut down all this ridiculousness. Hmm. 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 Okay. Okay. On May 9th, uh theo the organization not uh not the dude named theo not the dude named theo which i realized i was i i was reading the gmail as uh as members of the o but it is indeed members of theo oh okay Yeah, yeah 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 um theo the organization i started emailing people back uh 
saying uh, that they would soon uh, interview some of the players uh, to know if they could trust them. Uh, They also (laughs) said, uh, instead of the Codex, we seek to find knowledge in earlier history. We will continue to study older texts to find our own answers. You should, too. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they also said, we have to know who we can trust. The answers, of course, lie in the study of the old world. Through these teachings, we can find the correct path forward. Okay. And they also said that, uh, the six did not understand the consequences. And if so, they are selfish to want to return home. Uh, yeah, sure. It's one of those things where like, yeah, they might not know the con- well. <laughs> If you don't know the consequences, is it a selfish thing? That is, yeah, that is true. Like just on a <laughs> on an ethical level, like oh, that feels like a natural response if you don't, uh-huh. especially if you don't understand. Yeah, um, the uh, the history of antiquity website uh, was updated with a new blog entry that had bacon code hidden in it. Uh, and the hidden text said, to join us, choose someone you trust in this world who is geographically distant from you. Both must contact us. You will then be given your task, which will prove you are true to the cause of desynchronization. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. I think that this is very fun. I feel that I feel that they're introducing their villains a little bit late, but yeah. um, it Hold on. It has only been... Well, it's been two months. That's I, I think I could call that a little bit late. I think so, too. <laughs> like, I guess they did tease it for a while, but I feel like if you're going to have a big, like, shadowy antagonist group, you should introduce them a little bit sooner. <laughs> we should start seeing some shadows sooner, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I've truly thought that the biggest enemy of all is podcasters and that checks out to me yeah speaking of uh the biggest enemy of all being podcasters uh eli hunt is back on may 12th uh eli hunt is back baby (laughs) uh he emailed several players uh and said Uh, They say that those who do not learn history are doomed to repeat it, but perhaps it is the other way around. Once you have seen the path, it is impossible to walk another, no matter how hard you try. I showed Ariadne my path, and now it has become hers. She is trapped in the same pattern I succumbed to four years ago. News from a colleague at the Society. Ariadne was caught last night in my office. From the looks of it, she has been camping out there for days, perhaps a week. My colleague says she looks like hell, and the room was no better, wrecked. She had moved all the furniture aside, thrown everything into corners. A seven-circuit labyrinth was painted on the floor. Apparently, she had literally worn the path to shreds, perhaps having traced the labyrinth as many as thousands of times over the past week. She refused to leave the office and was forcibly carried out. She would only say, I made the wrong choice. The other Ariadnes are happier. I knew immediately what had happened. Her silence, her homesickness. I am convinced that she has become consumed with personal labyrinths. She is immersing herself in memories from her homeworld, not to save this world, but to escape it. 
I fear Ariadne has become obsessed with the outlier worlds where she did not accept this mission, where she continues to live an ordinary life, training as an athlete for the Multiverse Olympiad, competing from her home world instead of traveling to ours. I don't know what we can do, but I thought I would prepare you. When I walked this path, the result was very bad for the worlds I observed. We've never understood truly why the ancient Greeks banned the visions of the Omphalos. Perhaps in the act of seeing, there is risk. Perhaps by knowing the other worlds, we draw ourselves towards them, an attraction that heightens the possibility of collapse. We must prepare ourselves for the worst. Even if we can get Ariadne back to our mission, it may be too late to untangle ourselves from the worlds she has drawn closer to it. Regretfully yours, Eli Hunt. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm glad that they're getting, like, uh, conflict and consequence into the ARG now. Yeah, that's fun. Like, yeah, it's we're only two months in. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else was just like, you know, set up. Yeah. Which I, I get for a long ARG like this, that things are on a weird timeline. But it does. Uh-huh. I do always worry when, like, we do a three-part ARG coverage. And it's like, great. That means that the first episode nothing happens like everything that happens is just and then we introduce a new thing and then we introduce a new thing and then we introduce a new thing (laughs) and we never get to any like meat or conflict on those bones i will say i don't i feel like art of the heist wasn't like that because it did start out immediately with an art heist (laughs) there's a reason that art of the heist is our favorite arg true i mean technically i love bees doesn't start that way either because it starts with like an AI taking over someone's site. <laughs> but yes, I do I do feel you. I feel like we ran into that a lot with like the beast where all like all of the first part was just like, oh, setting up this murder mystery, and then we kind of didn't get into the meat of it until after all of that setup happened. There's a little bit of uh like to to use the I I use the metaphor of like we're throwing things at the wall to see what sticks, which is about boiling uh-huh. pasta, right? And finding it al dente. And the problem <laughs> with that is that, like, boiling water to make pasta is everyone's least favorite part. Yeah. And I, metaphorically, I feel like there's, in ARGs, you often get into a lot of, like, we got to boil a lot of water so that we can start making pasta. And then we get an episode of Argonauts that's just like, so everything's boiling. <laughs> 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 and soon the pasta gets to go in the water. Yeah. <laughs> but neat. Oh. I, I, I like I like where these are starting to go. I agree. Uh Theo also emailed the different Theo mission teams uh on May twelfth, um, and said a couple of interesting things. Uh, they said, uh, I assume you have orchestrated the note for us in London. The Baconian cipher shows your depth of research. Francis Bacon was one of the greatest scholars of the multiverse, despite this guy world having little to no Omphalo strength to support his studies. That's, it's very fun that they worked in the code like that. I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, to join the opposition. Oh, Theo is short for the opposition. <gasps> We're learning. We're God. learning things. Uh, <laughs> the lore, it runs deep. 
<laughs> to join the opposition is simply a task of desynchronization. You must create a clear rift between yourselves who have wisely decided to join us and your other selves who have not. To do this, you must both do something extremely unusual from your normal day-to-day life. This is literally just everything everywhere. This is all everything at once. Every- Yeah, this is everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> something which would virtually guarantee the creation of an additional world. This act should be performed at a location where you would not ordinarily go. To create the lowest possible probability that your alternate selves will not be performing the same act at the same time, you will not even think of the act yourself. As partners in initiation, you must trust each other implicitly. While you will choose your own unlikely location, you must give to your partner the task of designing a simple but highly improbable action for you to do. Do not collaborate on this design to avoid the chance of creating a task that is probable amongst your parallel selves. Once your location is chosen, your partner will send you the task. This random combination will create maximum desynchronicity. And then, of course, they have to take a video or a photo uh, of their action and send it to uh, the opposition. Neat. I like that. Yeah, I think think that's very fun. And, like, a good way to work in, like, hey, partner up with someone and do this little assignment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, On May 13th... uh, A new blog entry went up on Ariadne's blog uh, from Kai, uh, which was titled Urgent Message for Ariadne. Uh, And it was a message from Kai to Ariadne, obviously, um, saying like, hey, you're not answering my calls. Uh, maybe you believe the theories that like I'm involved with Theo, but like, I don't know anything about it. Um, I believe that, like, my friend James is a part of it and is, like, trying to sabotage us. Um, but, uh, I'm so scared that, like, something terrible has happened to you. Like, a bunch of us got this email from Eli Hunt, but we don't know if we should believe him. Um, please, like, reach out to us and, like, tell us if it's true. Um, if you're in danger, tell us. If you've seriously decided that you're in the wrong world, that's too bad. You can't go back until we save this one. It takes six <laughs> athletes and all six strengths to finish this mission. Um, and he said that your friend, in all caps, who you can trust, guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, trustworthy Joe here. <laughs> Your friend who you can trust. <laughs> uh, Mr. Trustworthy. Yeah. Uh, Kai also updated Ariadne's vlog on the 14th, saying, uh, <laughs> Kai here, no word from Ariadne, but in the meantime, do you mind if I freak out a little bit and ask, what did you guys do to the multiverse? <laughs> <laughs> Um, which showed, like, the multiverse graph going crazy, uh, and saying, if I understand our mission, a big part has to do with reducing the total number of worlds. To do this, we have tools like athletic synchronization and personal labyrinths. And clearly we need a lot more personal labyrinths to happen, because apparently since we started, we've managed to actually increase the total number of worlds. Um, reflecting the mission that the Theo people were doing, which I think is very fun. Yeah. Uh, 
And he also said that uh, there was a games festival in New York City uh, happening on June 7th, and he had organized a labyrinth running event in Central Park uh, to try and undo some of the multiverse damage. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Marcus posted an update also on the 14th uh, that said uh theo had kidnapped me i still don't know what he wants but i am no longer his hostage i have not seen what theo looks like but i wrote notes on the blindfold they tied around my head uh and the note said <laughs> it I looked landed- like a blindfold <laughs> yeah I and it is- <laughs> was black and made it impossible to see <laughs> Uh, The note said, I landed. They have been waiting for me. As I woke up, everything was dark. I waited. The door opened. Outside, everything was black. Cold hands put this blindfold over my eyes. The hands took me outside. Run the labyrinth. I ran and ran and ran. Tell us what you see. I see nothing. Okay. So apparently they, uh, they forced Marcus to repeatedly run the labyrinth, but to no effect. Hmm. So what is the w- w- a personal labyrinth is supposed to reveal to you or bring you closer to the reality of new Pangea? Um a personal labyrinth is supposed to connect you to your other universe selves and like collapse those universes sort okay. of. And, and so like, they made him run a labyrinth but it didn't do anything? Yes. Okay. Um Kai also responded uh, on the uh, to a forum post in a blog post uh, talking about how to resolve the issue of his friend James, who were a who like became a part of Theo, um, saying uh, if if you're brave enough, in one night we can change James. We can make him follow a different path. He won't like it, but we have to do it. This won't be easy. It won't be pretty. We have to steal from Theo's own playbook. It will go down here in San Francisco. We'll need at least six volunteers, one with each strength. Okay. So that's fun. (laughs) Uh, He also responded to someone on the forums and said, I have noticed that every day at 6.30 p.m., James leaves his office to make phone calls on the roof of the building where he works. He refuses to make these calls while anyone else is around, and the roof is usually empty by that hour. We can confront James on the roof, create a personal labyrinth, and force him to align with his parallel selves. I admit there is some danger in undertaking this mission. We could inadvertently inspire other parallel Jameses to align with this James, creating more parallel bad James instead of converting this one. I look to you for a strategy to prevent this from happening. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the team of six was uh, had their own uh, personal missions. Uh, Sophia will create a personal labyrinth at the mission site and can prepare with as much background information about Theo as possible. Thumos will help me seize and restrain James. Chiraton will get into James's head and convince him that if he's right, he has nothing to fear by walking the personal labyrinth. Um, and it was just like different tasks of like ensuring that he walks the labyrinth and doesn't accidentally make all of his parallel selves evil which is really (laughs) funny (laughs) this is where 
a lot of uh, like multiverse stuff loses me where it's like when everything is cracked this far open, it all becomes meaningless to me. Uh-huh. Where it's like, oh, he could make evil Jameses, but doing so might also make good Jameses and the Jameses might start Jamesing and I get I get it loses me. Yeah. Um Kai also responded to a couple of people on the forums on the fifteenth, and there were like various interactions with other NPCs. Uh he gave a specific player a task uh, saying, I'm concerned about the post from Marcus. Why was he not able to remember? The others have been able to remember things when they did personal labyrinths. Can you email some of the, can you all email some of the others to see what they did? And then can one of your German friends email Marcus to find out exactly what they did with him? Then we can compare what went on so that we don't make the same mistake. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the players also emailed James um saying like hey uh i'm impressed by theo that you like were able to kidnap marcus and like splinter the rest of the six with fear and doubt uh and like ariadne is now a mess and like eli hunt isn't communicating with us um and just like asking him to fill in some details about the situation, uh, which naturally James refused to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he did reveal uh, that he had been spying on the San Francisco Labyrinth run Hmm. by sending a picture of the players who had been there. Ooh, scary. That was, yeah. That is very scary. Yeah. So now we're getting doxxed. Love it when an ARG doxxes us. <laughs> um, that same player took uh, took that information to Eli Hunt and was like, hey, like, James is recruit, like, Theo is recruiting for our community and, like, James was spying on this, like, labyrinth run that we did. Um... And Eli Hunt talked a little bit about the Earth Omphalos um, and how in his research he found that, like, in ancient Greek times, there were uh, military exercises carried out similar to labyrinth patterns. Of course. Uh, in- <laughs> yeah. Um and that uh, they may still be carried out as civic exercises, um, because there's evidence that in ancient Greece, uh, they became popular festival dances, uh, which could be the solution to what Ariadne's dance is. You know, um, did you ever read Billy Bat? Yes. <laughs> so you know how, like, in Billy Bat, the, uh, there's a drawing of a bat that keeps showing up through time and space as like uh-huh. a symbol of a great eh, evil, probably, but at the very least a force. Uh huh. This is that, except instead of a drawing of a bat, it's just people humming at a guy in the middle of a crowd. <laughs> yep. Oh, it turns out the military amazed. used to do this. <laughs> What, like, is a, is a hazing thing? No, just like, uh, you know, military ops. Yeah, you know. Um, 
Kai also uh, suggested um, a method of like tracking labyrinth runs by GPS um, okay. via something called track sticks. Hold on. <laughs> Those are the things that you pass during a relay race. They're uh, no. Are they really? No, it's, it's a baton, okay. I think. Yeah, no, hold on. Their uh, their their website shows this. They're like a little thing the size of a thumb drive that uh, lets you GPS track someone. Huh. Okay. Um, and so I guess what the suggestion was was like, hey, everyone who like does one of the like city sized labyrinth things should just like have one, and then we can track them as they run the city sized labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. It's like getting a uh, the, the Apple things. The little tags? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and Eli Hunt also kind of, like, indicated to one of the players that talked to him that Theo uh, might be in possession of the, like, correct locations to set up the 27 labyrinths. Okay. Uh, Marcus also responded to some emails uh, talking about his imprisonment. Uh, he said that uh, he was abducted just outside the airport in Dubai. Uh, he got in a taxi, and when he shut the door, someone put something over his face, and he passed out. Hmm. Uh, and there were three people with him. Uh, he never saw them, uh, but one had an English accent, one had an American accent, and one spoke German with a Swiss accent. If you were uh, getting kidnapped, do you think that you would have the mental capacity to say, you know, one of them spoke German, but his accent was Swiss? Well, in this situation, I believe it because Marcus is supposed to be from Berlin. Oh, so okay. I, that's, I believe that's that he could that he would recognize that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. It's like if you got kidnapped and you recognize that someone spoke English, but with a Southern accent. Sure, yeah. So yeah. One of them spoke Portuguese. The other spoke Japanese. And the third had a bit of a twang. More Tennessee <laughs> yeah. than... Uh, he, he also said that uh, he believed Sorry, that... Sorry, I'm just imagining this kidnapping group. Now I'm trying to figure out who they are. What are their stories? <laughs> Uh, I've made he, my Argonauts OCs. <laughs> Marcus also said that uh, the labyrinth that he was meant to run was probably in the desert because it was very warm and he could feel sand everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> He's on Dagobah. Yeah. Uh, and he said that the labyrinth was made of living walls uh he thought he thinks that most of them were men uh and when he reached the middle of the labyrinth they would pull him out and demand that he begin from uh the start again hmm i do want to i do want to uh pause real quick uh please stop tweeting me it is uh tatooine that i meant in that last joke <laughs> uh dagobah's the swamp planet i apologize for that oversight <laughs> You, could, you, you know, at least the phone. one per- <laughs> you you know at least the phone. one person just paused the podcast <laughs> to tweet at you. Their name is Riley Hopkins. Yeah, I was gonna say. 
<laughs> Riley's uh, having podcast ghost syndrome right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> Ariadne posted a vlog on uh, the 19th of May uh, saying... There's something wrong with me. I'm not like the rest of them. I'm dangerous. Not I like saw other it happen. Like the, the Oracle at Delphi. <laughs> but I wasn't seeing the future. It's already happened. I broke something and I can't fix it. Kai showed me the multiverse graph. That blue line? Those are my worlds. My family's destroyed. I can't go home. There is no more home. Okay. Um... She also posted another vlog on the 19th that said, Eli tried to warn me, but I didn't listen. I'm so sorry. The worlds are changing, shifting, and it's because of me. I saw my parents. I saw my little brother. You don't understand. I finally remembered. I remembered who I am. But I wasn't supposed to see. They were right. Theo was right. I was supposed to stay blind. By seeing them, I killed them. I'm never going near another labyrinth again. I learned the hard way. You have to stay blind or you will destroy the people you love. It's not too late for you. Help me warn the others. Okay. So that's fun and normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we're doing great. Yeah. Uh, Marcus also said that uh, he had caught a flight back to England uh, and that he was looking forward to meeting people there uh, so that he could run a labyrinth with them. Uh, And he said that he believed that the reason uh, the, like, multiversal connection didn't work while he was kidnapped was because uh, you can't run a labyrinth against your will. Uh, He said that he felt very strange doing it under the orders of other people. And somehow it was a completely different experience. I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that checks out. Yeah. Makes as much sense as anything else. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, On May 20th, uh, Theo emailed out the Theo mission teams. Um, and said, congratulations on completing your missions. Your desynchronizations were satisfactory, and now, as promised, we will share with you something of great importance. Legend has it that in 1920, one member of the original six was left behind, and this lost Agonatheta became the first counter-Agonatheta. This document, which has been in Theo's possession for the past four years, was originally which uh, was allegedly created five years after the original Agonathetai left. Today, members of Theo believe it is an artifact of the first counter-Agonathetai's work. It passed into the hands of the Theo network when an Agonathetai of the 2004 team defected to work with us. He recovered it at an abandoned Codex hiding spot. Hmm. Uh, and the document was, in fact, a page of a comic. Kitties of the Canyon Country. Huh. What am I looking at, Marn? Uh so it's a it's a little page of a of a comic about just like little children uh interacting with like animals and playing pranks on each other. Uh but you will notice in the bottom left panel, uh there is a woman holding a labyrinth, uh, and a text that says, Follow seven circuits. Yeah. There's also text in between the panels. Yes. Huh. 
Okay. And there are some like outline uh underlined um underlined words. Yeah. Looks like there's an arrow pointing from one panel to another. So it looks like they're using the comic panels as a puzzle. This is cool. It is cool. Sorry, I found the page saying what people did for their uh, desynchronization missions just now. Ooh, what'd they do? <laughs> uh, oh, some of these are really good. Uh, read Shakespeare's 18th sonnet backwards. Okay. Uh, make an origami snail. <laughs> Hug every tree in sight. Okay. Uh, build a sculpture of the Olympic rings using the correct colors. Make a video. I don't know these people, but there's some of these that I'm like, I bet you would do that. <laughs> Juggle three kiwi fruit while singing. I do have to point out, most of these are like public locations, like a central park or a museum. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to find out if there's like a page that has the like solution to the comic hmm. or like what people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Uh, inside the comic, the following words are underlined. Try to cause follow seven circuits. The up down. No, no. Start to weave. Okay. Uh, and if you draw a seven circuit labyrinth over the full page, uh, they read out uh, a new command for the Amphiputer. Okay. And... Well, it doesn't say what it does. Thanks, Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was Baddyless D-I-L-O-O Amphilabyrinth. Uh, and Baddyless was a different term for Amphilos. Uh, and typing all of that in as a command revealed... Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, it reveals more information about how Amphilabyrinths have to be designed. Okay. Um, Kai also sent out a new task to the players uh, that said, uh, Has anyone contacted the rest of the six to compare their stories of labyrinths where they have been able to see things from other worlds. We have to figure out what went wrong with Marcus so that we don't make the same mistakes with James. As they are indeed kidnapping James and forcing him to run a labyrinth. <laughs> uh, one of the players met up with Larissa in uh, Griff Griffith Park in LA uh, as she ran a personal labyrinth. Um, cause she, I guess had like posted in her blog that she was going to be there and they were like, Oh, I'll come meet you. Um, it is very fun that they had these kind of like spontaneous in-person events that like only a couple people showed up to. Yeah. That is kind of neat. Just yeah. to be able to like pull off. I feel like it sounds weird to say to be able to pull off tiny events. Um, yes. but like, I feel like with an ARG, with the cost and investment that has to go into things, you have to like make it worth it, you know? Um, yeah. And so being able to say like, great, we're just going to like do a bunch of little one-off things. is really cool. That can still matter. Even if only one or two people show up without it being like, well, I ran an event that I needed everyone to show up for. So we planned it for months. The little tiny spontaneities is really cool. Uh huh. Yeah. It's, it's very cool that they like 
had a character be like, I'm going to be at, like, this specific park at this specific time, and then, like, only one person showed up to this, but, like, she was still there doing the thing that she said she was gonna do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and she, uh, and, and so this, this one specific player, like, watched her walk the personal labyrinth, and she, like, told him about, like, the visions that, like, she was having of, like, herself and Renata in, like, different, uh, universes, um, and she asked if they thought that uh, Kai was working with Theo, to which the player was like, no, probably not, because, like, he's making us kidnap his friend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to um, spoil things, but I, no, we're, I think you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, I didn't do it, but I don't want to tell you what my alibi is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and this player kind of like posited the theory that like Renata had defected from her six to like work with Theo, and that was why they like told Larissa that like she's still alive and to stay out of it. Um, and Larissa said like, no, I don't know if like she's like the kind of person who would voluntarily do that, and like cause so much like pain to the multiverse um but they also talked about the fact that like theo had had her for four years and she could have like started believing them at this point um okay and and this player and larissa came up with a plan for larissa to contact james and say that like she was considering uh allying herself with theo um okay and that she wanted to contact, like, she wanted to be able to speak to Renata directly, uh, and, like, make sure it was actually her that was working with, uh, with Theo and, like, she hadn't been, like, brainwashed or anything. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, so that was their plan. And I'm sure it all went according to plan. Good job. Great job. Players get to be a good game. <laughs> Uh, and Larissa updated her blog uh, the next day on the 21st, uh, saying, I did my personal labyrinth today. It was an experience much more intense than the first time. I'm glad for not being alone in that moment. This time I saw Renata again. We met in a city which I couldn't recognize yet, but I think it's in the United States. But this time when we were fleeing, I saw a man chasing us. He seems to be Asian and has a scar on the left side of his face and one eye lighter than the other. Then I see another image, which is the face closer. And then I have the feeling that I'm not with Renata anymore. I get very apprehensive and I feel that the, the closer I get to finding Renata, the more risk I'll be at. But at least now I know the face I must avoid. Okay. Yeah. Uh, James also emailed another player uh, who was uh, like one of the Theo sympathizers uh, <laughs> saying um, the Marcus situation was regrettable, but as it turned out, he was pretty useless to us. To be quite frank, I think they didn't tell him anything to begin with because they knew he wasn't trustworthy. He's rash, erratic. Did he really think... That would, <laughs> he's rash, erratic, running around the globe, dyeing his hair. Did he really think that would help when, uh, when all the while he's blogging about what he's doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Ariadne has gone off the deep end. You've lost your guiding light. Kai was silly to try and help her, but instead he's helped her get her hopes up and now helped her into a pit. As for Kai and myself, I feel no injustice has been done. He's always been so naive. Maybe it was time for him to go through some hardships, too. Okay. You want me to ask some questions? Fine, I'll leave you with these thoughts. Why do you think you will succeed this year when others have failed in the past? What came out of the aftermath of Tambora? How about the aftermath of 1906? In fact, for a particularly fun bit of problem solving, why not figure out why there was a city-leveling earthquake in 1906? Ah, checkmate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1906 was the San Francisco earthquake, of course, and Tambora okay. was a reference to an earthquake in 1815, which we know... Uh, was the new catastrophe. Okay. Uh, on May 22nd, uh, the hidden message in the comic was found uh, with the new Off of Peter command. Uh, typing it in results in the following message. Make off knot one rock covered by a net with at least 27 knots. Off strength K1 plus two. K2 plus K3 dot 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 plus K27. K equals CXS divided by 6. Trace a labyrinth at least 3 stadia wide. The bigger the labyrinth, the more powerful it is. The labyrinth must have at least 3 circuits. The more circuits, the stronger the knot. Earth scale omphalos knots must be created within omph city limits. Omph cities pending. K. Um, so it was... I guess essentially instructions for like the city size labyrinth they were supposed to create. Mm-hmm. So saying like it has to be at least three stadia wide. Uh, it has to be within city limits. Uh, it has to have at least three circuits. Okay. Uh, on May 24th, Kai posted on Ariadne's blog saying, uh, who wants a track stick? <laughs> <laughs> Track sticks, get your track sticks here. <laughs> uh, basically saying, like, hey, if you want to volunteer to run one of these, like, city-sized labyrinths, uh, I will mail you a track stick uh, if you send me your mailing address. Um, but it has to be, like, you have to be, like, an active member of the forums here and, like, w- I have to know that, like, you're on one of the teams because... Mm-hmm. If you're just, like, some random person who's never posted here before, I'm not going to send it to you. <laughs> yeah, these are, like, this is a little bit of technology. This does, hey, we had a budget for these. Uh, <laughs> I'm not just sending yeah, exactly. to <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's funny that they kind of had to slap that, uh... <laughs> to slap that disclaimer on it like hey if you've never posted here before please don't take one of these <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna be uh we're on the honor system here but uh yeah yeah uh monica had also started her own player group um called the cooper team uh which several players starting in like the back half of may started to get emails from a Pierre de Coubertine, uh, which is a pseudonym uh, referring to the founder of the International Olympic Committee. Okay. Uh, and they the emails 
said things like, uh, we will succeed, keep her spirits up, persevere, keep looking for more, keep looking up. Uh, and on May 24th, uh, players got an email that said, don't give up hope. The six in the world need your support. If you trust them, tell them. Okay, cool. Um, on May 25th. We finally got a, a moral support mission. Yeah, it's pretty cute. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on May 25th, uh, Eli appeared to chat with some of the players on IRC, uh, saying that he was preparing a new podcast. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Everyone uh, get ready. <laughs> saying, it regards a mission I know will not frighten Ariadne. It is imperative that we not lose her from the team. I realize many of you are disappointed that I have not returned sooner, but it was very important that I be able to investigate certain matters out of the spotlight of our opponents. It was essential <laughs> that it seem I had abandoned the cause. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and saying that he had, like, been making travel arrangements and, like, he was returning to be with Ariadne. Uh, he also sent an email out to uh, the players that said, Dear friends of Ariadne, I apologize that we have not had much conversation until now. Uh, this this email was, like, meant for the, the six, the NPCs, but it, like, made its way around to the players as well. Sure. Uh, I knew from the moment that I met Ariadne that I needed to help her, and I did so in the best way I knew how. In 2004, things turned out very wrong. I took a different path this time, the hidden path, the path alone. It is now time for my path to rejoin all of yours. We can work together again. We must work together again. <laughs> Great. Um, and saying that he has come up with this plan to play on Ariadne's strengths, uh, there is, like, one mission that the team has to undertake uh, that didn't involve any labyrinths at all, and it was the mission to recover the real lost ring. Uh, the ring that Theo moves across the globe like a restless king on a chessboard. Not hidden, but moved constantly to keep it safe and always protected by pawns who know nothing about its true value. A, uh, that's the name of the ARG. Uh, yeah. B... Is it so? We had that puzzle before where we had to like assign a ring to each of the land masses that come together to form Pangea in the Olympic logo. Yes. Is the lost ring a city? I think it's a physical ring. You think it's an actual ring? I think so for the way that like he talks about it in this email and says that they like they are constantly moving it around. I wonder if it's like, it sounds to me like it's like Atlantis because they've had a couple of Atlantis references before. That is true. We don't know what's going on with Atlantis. And I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the lost ring is, this is, this is secretly an Atlantis ARG. Interesting. I would believe that. Um, <clears throat> So Eli Hunt also says that like one of the primary missions in his belief is to reconnect the paths that have taken the Agonathetai and the counter Agonathetai so far apart from each other. Um, and says that in the past few months, he has come to believe that there is true wisdom driving Theo's counter mission 
and that it's imperative to understand their purpose to benefit from that wisdom, even as we reject that mission in favor of ours. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and on the 26th, uh, Kai posted on Ariadne's blog saying that he had gotten uh, advice via email uh, from Eli Hunt on how to make a Omphal Labyrinth. Uh, containing some historical examples of labyrinth designs um, and, like, advice on how to, like, choose the center of your labyrinth as you're mapping it um, and how it's important to uh, record both geographic location and speed so that you can so that the pattern becomes repeatable Mm -hmm. Uh, and linking out to some essays on uh, city sized labyrinths in the ancient world. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So just like resources for people to start plotting their, uh, their city sized labyrinths. Cool. Yeah. On May 29th, uh, Eli's sixth podcast, the lost rings was made available. (laughs) uh and it (laughs) talks about uh how the lost ring is a priceless work of art that's been missing for nearly a century okay uh there was a artist in antwerp who was contracted to create five interlocking rings uh but there's no further information about who his clients were, if the work was delivered, or if the work was ever completed. And the work order itself has the word a lost written across it. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and so the sculpture was officially declared lost. Uh, it was composed of five interlocked rings cast in metal, uh, not welded together. Uh, They could be detached from one another and put back easily. Uh, They were engraved with some sort of message, though no one is clear what the message uh, could have been. Uh, And there were rumors of a sixth ring uh, that also belonged to the sculpture. Okay, so I'm definitely wrong. (laughs) Um, And... The the questions at kind of the bottom of the podcast were like, who is the client? How is the sculpture lost? Why the discrepancy in its name? And was there actually a sixth ring designed as part of the commission? Um, and this this whole podcast was basically to like sort of bait Ariadne into looking for the lost ring. Okay. Uh, and it, of course, worked because she posted a blog entry. She's like, uh, yeah, dummy, it's right here. Yeah, that said, is this the ring we were sent to find? Eli Hunt explains what he knows in a new podcast, a lost ring from 1920, the same year the original six Agonathetai were going to try to go home. How can we find it? What trail do we follow? Folks, never listen to podcasters. Yeah, don't don't ever listen to podcasts. Mm-mm. Uh, the other exciting thing that happened on this day was uh the live event with James. Okay. Uh in which he was captured and interrogated. <laughs> That's why you don't listen to podcasters, folks. Yeah. Uh they also identified the phone number that he was calling on the roof 
Uh, and if you, if you called it, uh, you would get a recording that said, <laughs> just get uh, his wife being like, Hey, you coming home soon? <laughs> you would get a recording that said, you have reached a recording station for the opposition. Please record the results of your mission. Hmm. Um, hmm, okay. and they convinced James to walk the labyrinth. Uh, and he, had a vision of a girl on a hill um and the girl says if they do it fast enough get the off strength high enough i can go back with her uh and he talked about uh so once he had this vision he like talked to the players about uh how he met this girl in uh san francisco who he saw every evening uh, walking the Labyrinth by Grace Cathedral. Uh, and her name was Toria, and she told him this, like, incredible story about, like, other worlds. Uh, and he didn't believe it until he met Renata and Kentaro, who were both part of the 2004 team. Okay. Um, and so at this, and at some point in their kind of journey, their six, uh, Kentaro fell off the radar. The rest of the six couldn't find him. Uh, something had gone like ter- terribly wrong. Uh, and Eli Hunt was helping them and said that they all had to go to the Olympics and they had to do a labyrinth at the Olympics. And then one of them could go back and tell everyone what had happened. Um, and I, I love a big conspiracy plot like th- that. One of the steps is, yeah, you're going to have to go compete in the Olympics. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and <laughs> In a uh, sport that they don't do. Like, set, even set that one off to the side. But, like, imagine watching the heist movie where they're just like, all right, step four. You're going to have to join the bobsled team on the U.S. Olympics. <laughs> so go start training. Yeah. And, um, and Renata was supposed to be the one to leave uh, when they ran the labyrinth at the Olympics to, like, go back to the other world but when james came to uh to pick toria up at the airport renata was the one who came back and she said that just before they had started running the labyrinth um toria had like begged to be the one to go over and she had been the one who left instead and renata was so angry and renata went and found uh Kentaro and joined the opposition and they both did um, because they wanted answers. Uh, they didn't like that Toria had been the one to leave and so James had followed them to join the opposition and now that he had like walked this labyrinth uh, he had like had this vision of Toria saying that if they got the off strength high enough uh, more than just the six could travel. Uh, and so he agreed that he said, he basically said like, I'm not going to leave Theo, but I think that we can help each other, uh, because if there's a chance of seeing Toria again, I will like exchange information with you. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he explained that like Theo's kind of ethos was, uh, like, is it right to win at the expense of someone else losing? And yes, like <laughs> that is all competitive games. 
their belief is that it is morally right to, if you have to play a game, to lose. No. So, <laughs> so they would rather our world get Neopangea than every other world. And so they are basically trying to force the catastrophe to happen on our world so that no one else gets hit with it. Shh, okay. That's that's neat. I actually I yeah. I like that being a villain's goal. Of, yes, I think that's very fun. It has to happen somewhere we can target ourselves so that no one else has to deal with this catastrophe. Mm-hmm. I really like that as a uh as a villain's yeah, like a villainous think, group's ethos. I yeah, disagree I with it fun. when it comes to sports and games. <laughs> but I think it's a fascinating idea. Yeah, uh and he he said basically like their theory is that if we desynchronize our universe enough with the other universes, then when we fail, only our universe will be affected or like as few as possible. So like our Theo wants to make our world the sacrifice world. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, he also confirmed that uh, Kentaro was the man with the scar that Larissa saw in her like labyrinth vision, uh, chasing her and Renata. Okay. Uh, Theo began, uh, as far as James knows, in nineteen twenty, uh, when one of the six stayed behind and didn't travel home. Uh, he also knows that. Uh, Theo has the sixth ring, uh, which has been in the organization for as long as James knows, and it was considered one of their greatest successes, uh, having it and moving it around a lot so that no one else could have it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and James had only joined Theo four years ago in 2004. Uh, and Renata was like the person that he reports to in Theo. And, um, she hadn't contacted Larissa because she feels like Larissa has to be kept in the dark. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. He gave them a lot of information. This is like gra- a crazy amount of text on this page. Yeah. This is a huge lore dump. I know. It is very fun to have this like, <laughs> this like event where you basically like force a character to like do a very silly thing and then they give you like an enormous lore dump on like the antagonists <laughs> <laughs> um oh okay he also told them about uh the uh the not locations he his his role was to lead the team against the 2008 agonathetai uh, and he was given a bunch of maps and told that if he went to those cities, there would be other members of Theo there who would be receptive to him and would work with him as needed. Um, and so he basically offered to turn all of those maps over uh, to the players. Um, <clears throat> he doesn't know who specifically was from Theo was using the code name for uh, of Thermantia to talk to the members of the six. Okay. Uh, and the players invited him to do some of the human labyrinth <laughs> runs. 
<laughs> he said, I would need a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's really funny because it is like, do you want to play sports with us? Yeah. You want to play some basketball? Uh-huh. Um, he was like, well, maybe I'll show up to one in like an eye patch or something as my disguise. <laughs> Uh, and he told them that, like, the, the number he was calling, uh, was a voice drop, like, an answering machine where he, like, dropped off his information, uh, and he also said that he had, uh, the code to find the next page of the codex, but in order to get it, uh, everyone on the roof had to take the, uh, the Theo oath, <laughs> so that he could like <laughs> report back to his bosses and say that like he was still getting members for the organization. <laughs> I like James. <laughs> I've I've turned around on him. I think it's incredibly funny for like a low level guy in an organization to be like, "Hey, I'll give you this information, but I need to like real quick take a video on my phone of you like pledging to uh." To I, our organization. I need you to pinky promise. Yeah. Like, just real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to get me out of trouble with my bosses. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at, uh, there's actually a, a photo library of this event. They are definitely, they are super on a roof. They really did do this on a rooftop. Hell yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> I wonder how they like got access to to that building. Like, how, yeah, I don't know. How did they go in there? <laughs> how were they allowed? Is this allowed? <laughs> uh, anyway, after they after they took the Theo oath, uh, James gave them uh, the code to put in the the site to spit out uh, chapter twenty five of the Codex, uh, which said uh the promise we shared much with you that we know however we have not shared everything the smallest details are the most important we now know how far the last labyrinth must be from the site of the opening ceremony we know how many circuits to construct we know where we six must stand when the time comes to go home we know how small the number of parallel worlds must fall to how firmly connected the ring of six must become before we can pass through the door also, you must know these things. While we write these final pages, we are preparing to make our own voyage home. But before departing, we have made an oath to show you the way. We leave behind something much more lasting than these pages. In their form and in their message, they reveal the final instructions. Please understand that we had to hide these final details. They are not as clear as that which we presented here in the Codex of the Lost Ring. The instructions which we try to preserve for you are so powerful that their discovery by the uninitiated could risk everything. We will create a lost ring for you to find, and when you find it, you will know the way. Okay. And I feel like that's where we should wrap up for this episode. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good spot. Yeah. Cool. We've made pinky promises. We're ready to find the way. I'm excited to finally find the lost ring. I agree. Surely there's not that much longer to go. I love it when you put things like that, Marn. It really immediately just seizes on my heart. Well, 
on that note, uh, do you want to? <laughs> on that note, do you want to get into recommendations? Uh, yes, I do. Hell yeah! Uh, what recommendations do you have for me this week, Morn? Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I did not think about this ahead of time. Uh, my recommendation. I I'll give you a double recommendation. Okay. Uh, mine is that uh, I I have a group of friends who gets together like every week or every other week to watch anime uh and we just started watching outlaw star and i'm enjoying it Ooh, that's uh well to 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 put on my business britches for moonshot um, yeah that was my other recommendation boy, did, you, did you know that after school anime <laughs> club also covered outlaw star recently uh, I did. That was actually going to be my other recommendation because that is how I found out about Outlaw Star is that uh, After School Anime Club did a bunch of very good episodes on it. And I was like, wow, this sounds like an anime that I would really enjoy. I'm going to check this out. Um, and I am really enjoying it. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's got it's got spaceships that uh, that wrestle. They got arms and they <laughs> grapple with each other. Uh, magic is real. In, in space oh, there's a, yeah. there's guys that summon big magic dragons <laughs> <laughs> also uh what if uh firefly and serenity but not joss whedon yeah exactly <laughs> hey how about that hey how about that <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah uh, yeah, that's that's my double recommendation. Uh, go watch Atlas Star. Go uh, go listen to After School Anime Club, which is uh, which is coming back next month, I think. Hell yeah! Um, I have. Uh, sorry, I'll check that later. Sorry, I got a weird email on my phone, but I'll check that in a minute. Um, hell yeah! Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, a a manga series that I uh, found through very extra legal means i'm in a rough spot in anime where i'm like ah i've read a lot of this and Mm -hmm. unfortunately the whole thing isn't translated but the official release also is not translated up to the point that i am right now so i just have to sit and wait for a while um but i've recently stumbled onto a really fun manga called uh i think the english title is zom 100 bucket list of the dead oh shit it is a manga about a guy who um, he has worked the past like three years at a black company in Japan, which is uh, basically what if an American game studio was just like a salary job, uh, you know, any, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he's worked at this shitty job for like three years, uh, truly feels like he's living his life without any meaning. Um, and then one day he wakes up, goes down to pay his rent and finds his landlord eating a tenant. Um uh oh, zombies oh are real, and they're here, and they exist now. And his first thought is, "Holy shit, I don't have to go to work anymore." Oh my god, that rules! <laughs> and so it is a a a much more lighthearted uh, zombie story than a lot of zombie comics that you'll find about a guy who he meets back up with his best friend, and they put together a bucket list of the hundred things I want to do before I get turned into a zombie. And it is them uh, surviving in a zombie apocalypse while crossing off uh, some, you know, some wacky, some small, some just fun things off of a to-do list of things that they felt like they never got a chance to do in life because they were uh, too busy with things less important than a zombie apocalypse. 
It's great. I'm liking it a whole lot. I love that. That yeah. sounds delightful. Yeah. Uh, the first, I want to say, six books have been uh, licensed and translated in English. Um, and that's about as much as you would find online. So you should you should support the official release. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really cool. I I think it just they made like a live action adaptation of it a little bit ago. Like in Japan, they just made a movie. But I think that they just got picked up by Amazon or by uh, by Netflix to do an animated version. So we'll see how that goes. But I'm, I'm I really enjoy the manga. It's a lot of fun. Nice. I'm yeah. gonna check that out. It's it's really cool. Uh, there's at one point he's like, yeah, I want to be a superhero. How do I make that happen in this world? And so he like finds a scuba suit and he's like, hell yeah, this is made for like <laughs> shark bites. I can survive zombie attacks like this. I can save people from zombies now. Um, oh my God. But then it's also like, uh, there's a whole arc where he's like, yeah, I want to like, I, I want to tell my parents how much they mean to me. Uh, and like, I have to go back to my hometown and make that happen. That's a lot harder to do in a zombie apocalypse than it was before, and I never found the time then. So, what's my excuse now? Um, I don't know. Just a lot of it's it's interesting, and I, I I like the series a lot. Nice. Well, hell yeah! I think uh, that's about gonna do it for us. So, until next time, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so on Twitter. We are together at Argonauts Pod. Otherwise, you can find us. I am at co-host Sherms. I am at Court Survivors. And if you want to get a hold of us in other ways, you can do so by email. Uh, we are argonautspodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us an email if you've got a, an argue on us to cover or a correction to a Star Wars fact that I got wrong in an episode. <laughs> um, shoot us whatever we need. Uh, but yeah. Uh, also, if you want to support the show, you can do so. Uh, we are on Patreon at uh, patreon.com. Otherwise, go to Patreon and search for Argonauts Pod. And you can support the Moonshot Network as a whole by finding us on, uh, finding us there too. And until next time, well, well that's ARGS, baby. Hey, Jane. Hey, Jacqueline. What do you think the most significant YA book series like the 2000s to the 2010s is? Oh, definitely The Hunger Games. Uh, no, no, I mean like... Like uh, Twilight, Twilight, that's the best No, one. no, I'm talking about the Percy Jackson series by Riordan. Uh, I've not heard of those. If I wanted to listen to a funny podcast about those, what would you suggest? Well, I would recommend Unwise Girls, which you and I host. This is a podcast where we reread, analyze, and frequently joke about the books of the Rick Riordan verse, and we see why people call these the best young adult magical series of the 2000s. And we always take time to declare which characters are canonically, factually, not cis-head, because Rick Riordan is not the boss of us. Listen to Unwise Girls every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Moonshot Network.